the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I'm so glad you could be here with us today. Now, I'm the minister with the North Valley Church of Christ here in Cave Creek, Arizona. We're right off of Dynamite Road. And you're probably listening to me on the radio at 1010 AM KXXT at here 4 PM on Tuesday. Or you may be listening to me on the website. And uh, you're, we, there we, and, uh, we have all our past episodes, and this one as well will be posted there. And if you're curious, you're on the radio, you want to know where to find these older shows or to listen to a few of the other things you may have missed, you can go to www.nvcoc.net, click on the radio mic, and that will take you to all the previous episodes, and you'll find this one up there as well. Okay, well, man, a lot of things going on in the world right now, especially in the news, and I want to hit on something that... You know, we only have 27 minutes in the program, so we can't do much detail. But if I get some feedback, I will definitely do a series on this, if you would like, and explain things a little more thoroughly. But let me give you a little overview. So, the United States government moved its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Not a big deal, you would think, but boy, is it. I mean, there is rioting. People are dying because they're so angry that uh, the United States moved its embassy to Jerusalem. You have other groups out there uh, just glad it's over with. And then another other groups that are saying that this is a sign of the end times. Some say call it in a positive way. Others say this is a negative. What does it mean? Is it a big deal that the United States moved its embassy to Jerusalem? If you remove everything out of the world and you just look at it face value, it's not a big deal. It really isn't, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, Now, of course, politically, it is a big deal because of the religion aspects. uh, Islam sees Jerusalem as theirs and their holy city. They don't like the Jews. They think they're a false or false religion. Uh, The Jews, uh, same way about uh, the Islam, they... It's just an ongoing uh, battle between the two. And there are some Christians, mainly a a Christian group that call themselves the Evangelical Christians. But there's others, uh, Christian groups, that believe this also. That when Jesus returns, that he will reign here on earth for a thousand years in Jerusalem and uh, and restore Israel. Well, I, uh, I don't personally believe that. And so I won't be able to get into it. Too much, but I do want to hit on a couple of passages that uh, the evangelicals will use. And chances are, if you are listening to this program, you you believe 
uh, in the, the thousand year reign of Jesus on earth from uh, not just the passages in Revelation and others that are, are interpreted that way. And so I'm going to hit on that a little bit. And if you want to know more, I am more than willing to do a series of, uh, of uh, programs on this very topic. And I will definitely post them on the radio show, on the website as well. But let me know. And you can let me know by sending me an email at chrismacy, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at outlook.com, or go to our website, www.nvcoc.net, click on that radio mic, and I'm pretty sure you can leave comments there on the program uh, under the um, for each uh, episode that's posted there, and I will be uh, keeping my eye open there to look for for comments, and you can send information there as well, as well as from the website as well. We have a form. You can send in questions there as well. Let's start by looking at 2 Peter chapter 3. I actually want to read from verse 3. Yeah, yeah, verse 3 of chapter 3. And we'll go to verse 13-ish, I think. All right, here's what Peter writes. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. Okay, here's a couple of facts about the scoffers uh, and the things they ignore. You know, false teaching, false teaching will always leave out some truth. That's because the false teachers have an agenda. Oh man, yeah, they have an agenda. And they're not seeking truth, but that's true of anyone. who, Whatever you say, you got an agenda. I have an agenda. My agenda is simply find the truth. No matter what it costs, whatever it may cost me or anyone else, I want the truth. The false teachers have an agenda. They may believe that they're going after the truth, but they are willing to leave out some truths if it means it pushes their agenda further along. That's a false teacher. The truth confronts and condemns them, so they will twist it. That's verse 16, to suit their agenda. So, the scoffers who are uh, troubling Peter's readers here have ignored three facts that would refute their agenda. Now, fact number one, found in verses 5 through 7, that we just read is, the precepts of God. It was the word of God that created and destroyed the world. It's, it is God's word that gives the promise of Jesus' return. And so they ignore that. And then verse 8, let's read that. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Here is another thing that escapes the notice of these false teachers, or they ignore. 
is the perception of God, the perception of God. Don't read too much into this thousand years. The only thing that Peter wants us to see is there's no time with God. These scoffers, these false teachers, measure things by earthly standards. Uh, He should have returned by now, they're thinking. Nothing has changed since the beginning. Peter gives God's perspective of time. (laughs) He doesn't have one. Time is irrelevant to someone who has no beginning and no end. He's got time to spare because he's not going to die. He's not going anywhere. We don't have time to spare. Therefore, we ought to redeem the time, make the most of what we have, the blessings given to us. And then verse 9. So you got the, 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 the three facts that they are uh, ignoring, the precepts of God, the perspective of God, and number three, verse 9, the patience of God. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So these these false teachers, these scoffers say that God's promise is invalid because it has not been fulfilled to their satisfaction. Well, Peter says that this ignores one of the defining characteristics of God. Patience. God wants all saved. And that's what's going on. I'm just getting into all this because I want to make sure that we all understand what's going on, what's happening in in this passage, that we have an understanding of the context. Okay, now verses uh, 10. Uh, Let's read to verse 13. Well, just verse 10. But the day of the Lord, this is talking about the judgment in the end time, because, you know, that's what the scoffers are saying. Well, what end time? Jesus isn't coming back. That's the, the, the context here. But the day of the Lord, so this is the judgment day, when he returns, will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Now, here Peter reiterates other biblical teachings about the coming of Jesus. It's going to be like a thief in the night. This is taught other places. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, Matthew 24.43, Luke 12.39, Revelation 3.3, Revelation 16.15. Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. Here's the imagery of a thief. The thief is going to come unexpectedly. We all know that. No thief makes it known what they're going to do. They don't come knocking on your door and say, "Uh, Yes, uh, Mr. Macy... Just want to let you know, um, tonight I'm going to be robbing your house, so please vacate the premises while I'm here, and everything will go well. Thank you, sir, and uh, I'll, I'll be here tonight. Remember, go out to eat or something. Bye-bye. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> they, they come unexpectedly. When you think everything's safe, that's what they, when they're going to strike. A, th- a thief comes unexpectedly. Number two, he will rob uh, your home, your uh, you of your precious possessions. He's gonna, he's not going to come in and take my coffee cups. He's going to come in and take those things that are valuable that he can either sell or or use of great value. What is Jesus going to come and rob the earth of? That which is valuable to the earth. And you know what's not valuable to the earth? Sinners. I mean, or, well, I shouldn't say we're all sinners. I should say those who are not righteous. Those who are not right. Uh, with the Lord, that are abusing the things the Lord has given them. 
Not, not a treasure to the earth. What is a treasure to the earth is the saved. People who are, are utilizing the things that God has given them in the way God intended them to be used. That's the righteous. So Jesus is going to come like a thief and going to rob the earth of the saved. And he's going to find people unprepared for his coming because he's a thief. He's like a thief, I should say. And so he's going to find people unprepared. <gasps> we didn't know he was coming. Well, yeah, because you didn't think he was coming. First <laughs> Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. You didn't think it was going to happen. And then verse 11, 12 and 13. Since all these things are to be, what? Destroyed in this way. What things? The heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth. Destroyed. It's not going to stick around. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus. It's going to be destroyed. How can he's go, How is he going to establish a thousand year reign? It's not going to happen. He's going to destroy it. So since all these things are, are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And, and maybe you're out there right now thinking, Aha, Chrissy, new heaven, new earth, there it is. All right, let's take a look at that. First, the word new in the Greek is not talking about new in time, but new in quality. So it doesn't, in, in, as Peter does this here, as well as the other apostles in Jesus, they speak of heavenly things in earthly ways so that we can understand. This is new quality, a better earth, not a literal earth. It's not going to create a whole other world because we're going to be taken. And there's other passages that talk about that. When Jesus comes again, uh, first the dead in Christ will be raised up, then those who are still alive will be taken up, and then we'll be taken where? Into the heavenly realm, where the new earth, new heavens will be. The book of Revelation says that this is going to be a new Jerusalem. Why would he describe it like that? Because Jerusalem, all throughout the Old Testament, was seen as the place of God's children is where he was. Now we're going to go to the real deal in heaven. In fact, actually, let's look over at, uh, do I have it written down? I thought I wrote it down. Hebrews, I think it's 1. Apology. Oh, yeah, Hebrews 1, 10, 11, and 12. <clears throat> it says, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish but you remain, and they, and they all will become old like a garment, and like a mantle you will roll them up like a garment. They will also be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. Implying what? The, the, the things that he created will come to an end. It was never intended to be eternal, and it won't be. And there won't be a thousand-year reign either. Here's why. Let's turn over to Revelation. Chapters 20 and 21. Let's see, i got plenty of time. I might go into this a little bit more. Okay, let's, you know what, let's start in chapter 20, and we'll, we'll hopefully have time, we'll, we'll end it out in chapter 21. Chapter 20. Now remember, when you're studying Revelation, 
it's chock full of imagery. And so we got to be careful how we study and interpret this. Try, do your best to keep things in context and try to, to figure out what is it that the, the writer is trying to get us to see, his readers to see. Chapter 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Okay, now, does that mean that literally an angel came down and literally put an actual chain around Satan? Literally? Uh, Most would say no. Uh, Maybe somebody would say yeah, but no. No, this is imagery. Remember, he's seeing a vision here. And so it's just the way for him to understand what God is about to do. And he's going to write these things down so that we can interpret these things. And so it's not that God, uh, the abyss, wherever God's going to keep Satan, doesn't have a literal key unlocked. He just sticks him somewhere, and that's where he stays, because God said so. And he's bound because, guess what? God's word is the chain. He said so. That's what it is. Now, what's the thousand years? Literally for just 1,000 years? No, it... I think, this is my opinion here, that the thousand years is just a number to show absolute completeness. If you count to the number 10, you have to start over again, right? Because you go 1 to 10, and then it kind of resets, and you start all over again for, from uh, 11 to 20. And then and then you, all over again, you have to reset at 10. 10 denotes the completeness uh, of numbers. That's, especially in Jewish numerology, it's always been that way. Now, if you go make a, a, a cube and you make it 10 by 10 by 10, that's a 1,000. No, it's not a stretch. But I think it's an absolute completeness. Of all the ages, this is the last age we're in, and this is it, is what that's saying. No more. It's a complete binding. Satan's uh, power is diminished and done for. He has very little power now in this world that God had allowed him to have in the past. So he's bound him and threw him, verse 3, into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Now, we'll get to that in a little bit. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. For these, uh, over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, is this... Now this is where uh, many get the idea that Jesus, when he returns... It's going to establish Israel, a kingdom, and there's the thousand-year reign. And then those who have this, uh, uh, who don't have this mark on their forehead, the 666, will reign with Christ there for a thousand years. Well, what is this first resurrection? Is this a literal resurrection, or is he talking about 
baptism. Romans chapter 6 is where we die, those of us who are saved. Because I cannot live if I want Christ to live in me. You can't have two people living in one body, two spirits. So I'm baptized into Christ. And it's no longer, as Paul puts it in Galatians 2.20, no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who saved me and gave his life for me. We are currently in the proverbial thousand years. This is it. At the end of this, it's over. We are in the completion of God's plan. He has revealed it in his Son. We now have the truth, the whole truth, and we see it. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear. If you want to reign with Christ right now, you can. you got to die to self and live for him. We are in the thousand years. The moving of the U.S. Embassy into Jerusalem means nothing. It really doesn't. So many are dying for no reason. Am I I glad? Uh, Politically, sure. That we did that. Because, you know, that's where the capital is. That's the, my only reason. But ultimately, if we had kept it in Tel Aviv, for me, that would have been just fine too. <laughs> Personally, for me, it doesn't matter. Because I'm, I see what the Bible's really talking about. We are already in this thousand years. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. When the thousand years are completed... Satan will be released from his prison. (gasps) See, Chris? Well, let's keep reading. And he will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of uh, of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Sounds like hell to me. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them, which we'll get into more here in a second. So that's they're, they're done with. And I saw the dead and the great and the small standing before the throne. And the and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So at the end, I believe when Jesus comes back with the trumpet and the angels, Jesus will be up in the air. The angels will come down and bring everyone up. But the dead in Christ will rise first. But here in Revelation tells us, first first thing God's going to do is he's going to release Satan. And his minions. And it's going to look like we're all, uh, he's going to destroy the world, but like that, God's going to send him to hell first. He's the first one to go. Boom. Gone. Before he's able to do anything. But he'll be released first, and then gone. He's going to try to do something, but he's not going to have the opportunity. Next, the dead in Christ will be raised. 
then uh, uh, those who are still alive, and everyone will stand before the judgment seat. Then, when it, once the sea gave up everything and, and all that, then the heavens and the earth, the, the, the creation, will be thrown into the lake of fire. They have served their purpose, and they're done. They'll be burned up. Next, after Hades, those who have already died, Hades and death gave up uh, those that it had. Those will be thrown into the lake of fire. In other words, they're not going to be needed anymore. No more death. Yay. That's going to the lake of fire. Now there's everyone, all, all the people who were ever born on the face of the earth, ever since the beginning, will be there, both great and small, to receive judgment. And we'll be standing there, and then those whose name is not in the book of life, they go into the lake of fire too. Man, that's the second death. Not good. And then the rest, those who are in Christ, will live with him in heaven forever and ever. Man, isn't that where you want to be? Yeah. That's where I want to be. And in Revelation chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the First heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no, and there is no longer any sea. Now, what is he saying there? He's talking about new and quality. This is what he's seeing in his vision. He's seeing he's getting a glimpse of what it might be like, but it, it, it's described in the best way possible. And of course, chapter twenty-one goes into this description that the city is going to be paved with gold, and there's going to be gems and, and rubies and, and all the precious. Though it's, it's not going to literally look like that because it's only being described that way to what's precious to us here on earth. When we get there, it's not going to look like this because it's going to be a spiritual realm. But this is the best way to describe it to us so we can understand just how precious it is. And if it's going to be that great, it probably is going to be a lot better than what we're seeing here. It's just the best way to describe heavenly things to those to, leave to us here on earth. It's going to be great. The new quality there is going to be so much better than what we had here. We won't die. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any temptation. Not going to be any death. It's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be given to those who are in Christ right now. We're in the last age. We are living in the thousand years. And as Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity for the days are evil. And you don't know when Christ is going to come again. It'll be like a thief in the night. Thank you for being here with me this day. I hope this encourages you to take a look at the passages here in the Bible and read them anew to find the truth. And if you're interested in knowing more about this, let me know, chrismacy at outlook.com, and I will do this whole series on this. And I'll post it online, I'll put it on the radio program, and may the Lord bless your day. Thank you. Bring it out, bring it out, till the sinful world be one, for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out, bring it out, bring it out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.